Donald Trump fighting back against the special counsel Jack Smith's request for a gag order in his federal election probe. His lawyers say it would violate his right to free speech. They're accusing prosecutors of trying to silence Trump as he is running for president. The special counsel requested a gag order to block Trump from threatening or intimidating witnesses on social media and to prevent him from tainting the jury pool. But Trump's legal team is urging the judge to reject that request. In a court filing overnight, they claim it would strip Trump, quote, of his First Amendment freedoms during the most important months of his campaign against President Biden. Let's bring in CNN senior crime and justice reporter Caitlin Polance. Uh, Caitlin, Trump's lawyers said this gag order would be unconstitutional. What happens next year? Well, the judge is going to have to determine what to do here because this is actually a pretty important debate to be had. It is one that Donald Trump's team is framing as political censorship. They're saying he shouldn't be restricted. It's not fair. He's running for president. There was an indictment against him that allowed the special counsel to levy the charges. There's Joe Biden out there also campaigning for president. Not the same thing because Trump is a criminal defendant here. But that's the 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 plane that they want to be talking about this on. Whereas the Justice Department, they want to be making sure that the trial that Donald Trump is going to have in Washington, D.C., in federal court scheduled for March is fair so that witnesses uh, aren't chilled in some way and so that jurors come into that courtroom trusting the judge and having an open mind to the witnesses that are testifying. One of the things that the Trump's team said in this filing overnight, the proposed gag order is nothing more than an obvious attempt by the Biden administration to unlawfully silence its most prominent political opponent. Now, it isn't as broad as saying Donald Trump can't speak at all about the case, at least what the Justice Department is asking for. We don't know what the judge is going to do here, but what the Justice Department wants is they want some limitations on what Donald Trump can say about the specific people in this case, witnesses, the judge, the prosecutors, things that he can say that could damage their credibility or possibly be inflammatory or harassment toward them. So that's the restriction that they want, but it is going to be in the judge's court. And Whenever this judge, Tanya Chutkin, does something here to respond to the Justice Department's ask, there's going to be a question of what the consequence could be for Donald Trump. His lawyers say in the filing, let's be clear, the prosecution hopes to create a contempt trap for President Trump and his attorneys. So at the end of the day, there's going to be a question that if there is something like this put over Donald Trump, a limited gag order, does is that legal, first of all? And second of all, is it something that could chill his his rights uh, and could be something that could cause him uh, or the judge to want to put him in jail or restrict him even further if he doesn't follow it? Yeah, huge questions, no precedent. Uh, uncharted territory for sure. Caitlin Polans, keep us posted. Thank you. The Republican National Committee announcing the lineup for the debate tomorrow night in California. Seven candidates qualified, one fewer than last time. On the stage, you will see Chris Christie, Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Governor Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Senator Tim Scott, and Governor Doug Burgum. Asa Hutchinson, who appeared in the first debate, did not meet all of the RNC's criteria this time. Former President Trump won't be there. He will instead travel to Detroit to deliver a speech and talk to union workers. CNN national politics reporter Eva McKen following all of it. He will be all across the country except on the debate stage in California.
Yeah, good morning to you, Poppy and Phil. It's because he's already positioning himself as a general election candidate. By skipping California, going to Detroit, he's essentially telling voters his only focus is President Biden. But there's still a recognition he has to compete in the early states. He's far out ahead in every poll, but his margin not as wide in state-level polls. The electorates are small in these states, like New Hampshire and Iowa. We know that those voters appreciate appreciate an aggressive ground game and hearing from these candidates over and over again that they really want the job. So after that Detroit speech Wednesday, he'll be in Iowa over the weekend, and he made a stop in South Carolina just yesterday. Eva, I do have a question. You know, the former president was in South Carolina. He made a stop at a gun store yesterday. His spokesman tweeted out that he purchased a gun, which would be problematic given he's been indicted. Uh, multiple in the form of 90-plus felony charges. What actually happened here? Yeah, so this was a, a bit of a mess, Phil, and got a lot of attention, uh, as I, many suspected would. The spokesperson tweeted out this video showing Trump at a gun shop. I think we can see the video here in South Carolina declaring he bought a Glock pistol. Um, it, it turns out he actually did not. He's as you mentioned, under indictment, facing criminal charges. The spokesperson deleted that post, clarified he did not purchase or take possession of the firearm. He only indicated he wanted one. Federal law, of course, prohibits the sale of guns to people under felony indictments. So Trump uh, did not walk away from the gun store uh, with a gun after all, Phil. Thank you for clearing that up. Got a lot of attention for sure yesterday. Eva, thanks. Now, it's worth noting, Trump, while preparing for his remarks tomorrow in Michigan, has also squeezed in plenty of time this week to lash out against Democrats, the media, and some of his own political appointees. In a series of posts, these are only some of them, I want to make that very clear, Trump cried treason, called for a government shutdown, and even suggested his former Joint Chiefs of Staff chair should be executed. His attack on outgoing chairman of the Joint Chiefs Mark Milley comes days after a new report of Milley's distrust of Trump's leadership. He said Milley's dealings with China at the end of Trump's presidency, which were allowed by his administration, should be, quote, punishable by death. He also suggested NBC's parent company, Comcast, should be investigated for treason for their political coverage. He called on Republicans to push back on Democratic Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's automatic voter registration policy, and in the same post referred to his former U.N. ambassador and current campaign rival Nikki Haley as bird brain. He called on Republicans to shut down the government if they don't get everything they want in these negotiations. And he went after President Biden ahead of his trip to Michigan, accusing him of killing the UAW and calling on the union to endorse him. So he did a lot. With us to discuss, Jessica Washington, senior reporter at The Root, Michelle Price, Associated Press National Political Reporter, John Avalon, CNN senior political analyst and anchor. Morning, everyone. Morning. John. I'm delighted uh, you just did that run-through of Donald Trump because there's a tendency right now to uh, ignore to the extent of normalizing his most outrageous claims, particularly calling for the execution of his former Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. That's something that is so across anything resembling a moral line in politics, and the fact that it was initially greeted with silence indicates the degree to which we're getting numb to his outbursts and his grievances. And the real test for me in the next coming debate is whether any Republican has the stones to call that out in particular. Other than Chris Christie. Other than Chris Christie, right, who, who absolutely will. Because, look, 
If that's not unacceptable, what is? If you're a Republican, you allegedly stand for law and order and strong national security, the former president, the frontrunner, is calling for the execution of a former general? Can't call that out? You're not qualified to be president. By the way, in the same week that Millie ends 40-plus years of service right. to this country, yes. you know? Michelle, I think the question I have, like one, all right, maybe your excuse is you don't, you're not on Truth Social. Not a lot of people are, so maybe you missed all of them. That would be fair. Um, I don't have an account yet. John helps me out on that. <laughs> but, but I think to John's point, it, it's the calibration in terms of response, not just for Republican candidates, but writ large. As you go into an election where the front runner in the Republican Party literally tried to overturn uh, the election in 2020, and people seem to be able to brush by that, and most Republican primary candidates and challengers are not challenging him on that. And you run through that list of things that are just positively bonkers. Mm -hmm. And everybody just kind of wanders by. Why? I mean, that has been the question since Donald Trump came down the escalator. And bonkers, I mean, among the other things, he claimed he could design a better fighter jet than the military. You know, that, that list ranged from, uh, you know, violent to just bizarre. Um, but, you know, you're right. We are not seeing anybody in that field besides Chris Christie challenge him on these things. And that, that seems to be the question, is they're all trying to posit themselves as a viable alternative. Are they actually running against him? Or are they just running in the background? Tomorrow, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, I do think it, I mean, they don't want to alienate the space. They're terrified of that. I think we in the media also have a complicated push and pull, because I think there was a lot of fear that we gave Trump too much airtime, that we spent too much time talking about him. And so I think there's also that fear in the media, and then also the candidates might have some of those same concerns. And so now we're saying, okay, we have to address these awful, terrible things that he said, but also how do we not then just constantly get his message in front of people who maybe aren't on true social? And so I think that can feel complicated, even though I think we do have to be calling these things out directly.